Welcome once again to Atlanta Discuss. This is a part two of the series. Who will be next president of Kenya? William Ruto or Raila Odinga? The battle for the soul of Kenya. We can't ignore Kenya. Major tourism of third largest economy in sub-Saharan Africa. My name remains Ade Balogun. I'm still your host and moderator for Atlanta Discuss. So this time around, we're going to look at the presidential candidates individually we're going to look at some fringe candidates we're going to look at some regional or tribal strength we're going to look at what the election itself portends for kenya so what to expect especially what president will lose position the power of the qbc where is it tilting we know we can't deny the fact that in africa incubacy is very very important i know we've seen it in nigeria ghana and some countries even in kenya where the government the party in power lose but then we need to look at it what to expect there have been problems in the past in kenya so we don't want to be caught napping so it's good to look at the polls also where where it's going where it's tilting and all that but in the first edition i mean the first part of this series we talked about kenya from independent you know from the days of uh uh, Jomo Kenyatta, the father of the current president, Uru, you know, the Kano party, they ruled for a long time till the man died, Aramoy took over, Aramoy became a tribal and ethnic jingoist, bungled a lot of things, but then, lo and behold, we have Mwai Kibaki, there were a lot of uh, uh, instability to election here, mayhem, violence there, Raila was one of the candidates, has always been in the picture, so we had Uru became president, the Supreme Court judgment that said for the second time they had to do a runoff and all that is history, you know. But we need to look at Kenya. People are worried, they're scared. August 9 is around the corner. Will Africa still be a bastion of democracy, which Kenya has consistently been won because there has never been a, a coup attempt in India. Uh, there, there have been coup attempts in Kenya, but there's not been a military government in Kenya. So Kenya naturally, clearly, remain one of the bastions of hope for the African continent. But you all know that here at Atlanta Discourse, we embrace all facets of humanity to disseminate positive news in a world filled with bad news. You know, we, we give a voice to the unheard always. We balance the information equation as much as we can, you know, and we search and discuss the facts wherever it leads. We combine the best of human race to get the best out of mankind. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world. We embrace business, art, sports, IT, health, history, and faith-based issues. You know, we never shy away from the fact. That's all we do. We go for the fact, 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 you know, get positive news, even though things look bad in crazy world, recession, what have you, you know, war here, war there, there's still a lot to, you know. You know, but Kenya clearly is a Swahili, Swahili enclave, and there's a Swahili saying that victory or defeat is in the hands of the gods. You know, gods are small g. Let's celebrate the struggle, I repeat. Swahili saying, victory or defeat is in the hands of the gods, so let's celebrate the struggle. So the struggle will celebrate, you know, so... Raila Odinga versus William Ruto, those are the two front runners, you know, but then we need to analyze, that's what we do at Atlanta Discourse empirically, take up our telescope, look at it clearly, what do we expect from this African bastion of hope, you know, the third largest economy in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, a, a good haven for tourism, you know, animal reserve, everybody loves Kenya, I've been there, you know nice airline like i said before you know and that they're, they're doing a lot and look they are depth reading but then which country is not you know so so we're going to look at the presidential candidates 
the fringe candidate, their regional affiliation, tribal, what have you, what to expect, especially President Uru's position in all this. So who's going to be the next president of Kenya? As Kenya's presidential election draws closer, the country's vulnerability to violence is back in evidence. Everybody can see that. Kenya's politicians are infamous for inflaming underlying ethnic tension by touching on national pressure points such as historical grievances over land. And this year's vote come at a time when the rising cost of living has left many households struggling. The country has a difficult history with disputed election. A contested 2007 polls resulted in more than 1,000 deaths. Now, the potential for violence during August elections stand at about 53%. This is according to reports by Kenya National Coercion and Integration Commission, that's the NCIC. So, that's an homegrown body saying that the chances that there will be violence, mayhem and what have you, is 53%, which is more than half. That's, that's not good. So, it's almost certain that due to pre-existing conflicts, Possible triggers on weak electoral management institutions. Experts say that political unrest escalates into violence when citizens don't trust the bodies handling the election. So the NCIC report showed that 26% of Kenyans trust the Electoral Commission and 23% trust the judiciary. Very, very low. Now, the trust deficit is, is overwhelming. The commission is already facing challenges in court over its bid to use an electoral vote identification system this year with no physical register as backup, despite having faced technological failures in the last two elections. So why are they taking this risk? Kenya's judiciary regained some trust in 2017 after Supreme Court annulled the result, which saw incumbent president Uru Kenyatta declared winner due to widespread discrepancies. In an historic ruling, the court called for another election. However, Kenya's opponent, Raila Odinga, challenged the electoral body's ability to conduct fair elections, withdrew from the race, and called on supporters to boycott the polls. Kenyatta duly became president as violence was met with police crackdown in Western Kenya and in Nairobi, where Odinga was the favorite. So clearly, you can see here that Raila is a Nairobi guy. You know, that's his, that's his area. But, Okay, we'll go with that. So politicians are exploiting our youth unemployment, with some paying youth groups to cause violence and intimidate opponents. According to NCIC, the, the group, the Human Rights Commission, and other, you know, especially Aki Africa, they say that they've seen increase in the attacks by armed groups in Mombasa in April and May alone. Mombasa and Nairobi, those are the two largest cities, you know. So, being Kenya's largest city, they, they were categorized as highly vulnerable to political violence by the same NCIC. A 28-year-old political campaigner for, uh, from Kamukunji, one of Kenya's informal settlements, spoke on condition of anonymity. He said, politicians often pay a group of young people to intimidate their opponent and block them from campaigning in certain areas. So clearly, this guy said, that he doesn't get paid for violence, but he has worked closely with people that do. So clearly, we should be worried. Okay? You are paid after work and per turnout. That's what politicians do, according to this guy. So he said, explaining that the politicians usually have a single trust contact who receive an electronic payment and then pays everyone else in cash. The going rate varies. If you are working with someone who's politically connected, you get roughly 1,000 Kenya shilling. That's about $7 per turnout. You know, so. They are not paid for direct violence usually, but he said when the politician is echo but doesn't leave, some supporter will start to use violence. That's the potent violence. So he supports the election Bilanoma campaign. That's a movement for peaceful election. When a politician wins, that's 
is when he doesn't have to deal with any of the fallout he said those who fought for them who mainly just want to make quick money have to live with the same community they violently broke up or destroyed during election Apiola, the social justice activist says politicians encourage violence by portraying their win as inevitable the feeling is that their candidate can lose cause tension to blow up so I mean, what's happening? We all can't win the election. So Kenya, we, we need you to, 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 to sit up. Areas such as Kamukunji are highly policed area because of the volatility. Olao says this makes outbreak of violence become a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you send trucks of police to this area just a day or two before the polls, you're essentially telling them we're here for you. What do you expect? There will be reprisals from the people, retaliation. Political analyst Joy Masinde thinks few want trouble. The 2007 violence was a stain on the public conscience. It took us so long to recover from it that so many voters will easily be instigated into violence, even if you pay them. You know? So, still divisive. The you know, I mean, the politicians are divisive. Things are divisive. You know, so this shows that political content containing hate speech, incitement, and misinformation is spreading on TikTok and other social media. Despite being its violation of its policy, so videos with hashtags such as Seasia uh, or hashtag Kenya, that's widely for politics and Kenya politics, have more than 20 million views. So there's awareness. Kenyans are uploading and consuming tons of political content on the platform. So people actually, you know, stay there and watch, but watching news on it. They don't even go to TV. They just stick to to those those hashtags and get everything they want, social media wise. So. Madung says, and, and, and it says that the threat is that anything can go viral. So, you know what the social media world is like. You don't even need to build an audience for that to happen. A number of political videos receive outsized viewership, suggesting that they may have been boosted by the TikTok algorithm. Possibly, it's happening. Not only in Kenya, I mean, we saw some of it in America, Europe, in recent times. However, Masini also said that the large mass of voters are still offline. So, there isn't enough of critical mass on the app to cause any kind of uh, movement, she said. So a number of those who use it are either too young or politically indifferent. Madong agrees, you know. He said that the biggest danger of this information is that it could erode Kenya. So, I mean, Kenya's trust in the political class and breed disillusion, which is already embedded in the Kenya culture anyway. Putting people off voting. This information is the low-hanging fruit. It is easier to get voters disillusioned than to get them out to the street. So, so that's, that's that. So that's a background of to let you know that there's violence in the hair these things are there it could happen it could explode you know so let's quickly look at the, the the candidates we have all the candidates we have just give a quick breakdown you know we, we i mean i'm not looking at all of them the top eight let me start with raila odinga of the odm party former prime minister of kenya raila mulu odinga will be contesting for the presidential position in the east he's been contesting for for a long time so he's not new he has been prime minister you know he formerly worked as a member of parliament in lagata constituency you know starting in 1992 odm leader odinga became prime minister following the bloody post-election violence of 2007. in 2013 the pm became leader of opposition strongly opposed to several government policies on the contrary came by handshake between Uhuru and Raila in uh, Raila is the current uh, Uhuru is the current president so I mean they had a handshake in 2018 it has since reshaped local governance you know the proposed constitutional amendment bill 2020 
will indeed affect how you vote at the presidential, parliamentary, and central level. So that shake is what some people point to that uh, that Uhuru has a source for Raila. We'll get there, we'll find out August 9th around the corner. So who is Raila Odinga? You know, ODM leader Raila Odinga is a respected Kenya politician with years of experience in democratic governance. He's an alumna of Marada High School, an engineer by profession, a devout lover of politics. Born in January 7, 1945, Raila Odinga, age 76, as of 2001, is everything from a powerful man to an influential politician. He loved, a long-lived NASA presidential candidate is out to win and win big in the last uh, round of election. So it's, it's all out. It's very positive. And, uh, you know, I mean, we have seen some of the polls. So it's looking neck to neck. Some it looks at like Ruto is ahead. Some it looks at like Raila is ahead. But when we get there, we'll cross it. Number two, Dr. Williams Ruto, UDA party presidential candidate 2022. DP William Kipchiki, Samway Arab Ruto will be the UDA presidential candidate come 2022. He is, actually. He is slowly withdrawing interest from the ruling Jubilee party under which he served as president that he has even withdrawn, actually. So born in December 21, 1966, DP William Ruto, age 54, as of 1921. He comes from Kamagug, uh, within Rift Valley province in Kenya. The determined Ruto is father of six and husband to Rachel Shabet, whom he married in 1991. He is a very strong contender. So another person will look at, uh, I mean, Ruto, before I go to next, uh, Ruto is the current vice president, so, and he has a lot of issues with the president. So, you know, technically speaking, he doesn't have the incumbency of the government in hand backing him, but it's after anything can happen. He's really popular. And he has been leading in so many polls. So let's see how, let's see how it goes. Number three, Wycliffe Musalia Mudavadi. That's the Amani National Congress. The former prime minister and seventh deputy president of Kenya is slightly aligning his uh, presidential ambition. You know, so the famous Musali Mudavadi was a deputy leader in ODM until his resignation in 2012. Born as Sabatia within uh, Vihiga district in Kenya. 20, uh, that's in September 21, 1960. Musali Mudavadi is 60 years of age as of 2021. Away from politics, Musali Mudavadi and wife Tessili Mudavadi have three all grown children, namely Marianne, Michael, and Moses. Number four, we have Stephen Kalonzo Musyoka, the White Part Democratic Movement. Kenya political politician Kalonzo Musyoka named Watermelon by his followers and powerful supporters is another likely big. Weak name on the presidential aspirant list. Kalozo served as the third vice president of Kenya between 2008 and 2013 under Mwai celebrated regime. Born on December 24, 1953, Stephen Kalozo Musyoka is age 67. So Kalozo and wife Polly Musyoka are proud parents of four successful children. The Wiper Democratic Party leader Kalozo Musyoka comes from Sekiru Iwingi. He is a Bachelor of Law degree graduate from UON and the Kenya School of Law. Number five, we have Alfred Ngangamutwa, Mandelio Chap Chap Party, the multi-talented journalist. Alfred Mutwa wants to become the fifth president of the Republic of Kenya. Nganga Alfred Mutwa became the first governor of Machoko County after resigning from Kenya government uh, spokesman role in 2012. Born in August 20, 1970, Afre Moto is 50 years of age, you know. Afre Moto and wife Lilian Ganga are a lovely couple on mainstream media. 
where they frequently display intimate photos. Alfred is an alumni of Dagoretti High School and Jabuhuri High School. He also has a BA in journalism from the Whitwater College. Now, in addition, Alfred is, has an MSc in communication graduate from East Washington University. Number six, we have Dr. Ekuru Alcott, the Third Alliance Party of Kenya. Ekuru Alcott presidential candidature is, is, is a top presidential aspirant, no doubt, and a Third Alliance flag bearer, the former director of the Committee of Experts. Tasked with constitutional reform, now wants to succeed President Uru Kenyatta. Born in 1972 at Kapedo to Kana, Dr. Ekuru, age is about 50 years old, you know, growing up under the home of Mze Alcott Takos with 26 siblings was not easy, he narrates all the time. <laughs> Ekuru Lakot and wife Loma Wanjiri Matenge are raising two lovely daughters. The University of Warwick, UK, England, yeah, uh, alumni and constitutional lawyer is at the height of his career with a fixed eye on the state position. Sure enough, Ekuru Alcott is the youngest presidential uh, candidate in the election. Number seven, Professor Kivuta Kibwana, Mungano Development Party. Who is Kivuta Kibwana? The professor is a human rights activist, former Minister of Defense, and former MP of the Makweni constituency. Former governor of Makweni County, previously served as advisor in the government of Muwai Kibaki. Born on June 13, 1954, Professor Kibwana, age is 67 years old. A love for, actually, a love for, he, he loves drama, you know. You know, the love for drama brought the professor of law. Kibwana and wife together, you know, she's a counseling psychologist. He brought them together in 1973. The Mungano Development Party icon comes from Mwanyani in Makweni County in Kenya. Professor Kibwana is an alumni of the Ududume Primary School, Machako School, University of Nairobi, LLB. You know, he's a lawyer. He's also a former higher learning student at the University of London, where he got his LLM and George Washington University. Number eight, Yah Mohammed Abdul Badida. That's the Alliance of Real Change Party. You know, the sensational Abduda Dida is a trained Kenyan teacher who first tried his feet in 2013 presidential bid. His name attracted even more fame in 2017 general election, in which he cheered Kenya during the presidential debate. Abduda Dida, alias Walimu Kinuita Nwagi, come from the Waji County in northeastern part of Kenya. Born in 1974, is 48 years old. The English literature and religion educator formerly taught at Lena School, Dabaf Secondary School, and Lena High School. Elsewhere, the, Kenya, uh, the Kenyatta University alumni is the husband of three wives and father of 12 children. So we'll stop at number, okay, well, well let me, I'll do 10, there, there are more, but I'll do 10. Dr. Mushiwa, that's number nine, Dr. Mushisa Kitui. You know, he, he jumped in quite a bit late. He former UNCTAD Secretary General looking straight to status in Kenya. He's well known all over the world. Former Minister of Trade has always started mobilizing supporters with the promise of purpose and change in leadership. Born in 1956, Dr. Kitui is 66 years old. A veteran politician is an alumni of the Makarere University in Uganda where he majored in political science and international relations. You know, Kitui is also a former student of the University of Bergen in Norway. Mr. Dr. Kituyi and wife, Link Kituyi, have four grown children now pursuing independent career. So I'll stop at number 10, Dr. Fred Matiangi, you know, Super S, Super CS Fred Matiangi for president is a possible candidate in the wavy landscape of Kenya politics, like they always say. Anything can happen. Born 51 years ago, Matiangi 
come from the Yamiri County in the western part of Kenya. So far, there is no confirmed evidence that the Super Cabinet Secretary in charge of Interior Security will run for the top seat, but he's out already doing so many things. So that's why I added him and all that. So even so, his candidature may end up as, you know, but he's a good guy, he's, 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 he's relevant. So other people we have Moses Watengela for the fourth party, Senator Gideon Kipsela for the Kano party, you know, can go on and on and uh, so the important requirement to be president of Kenya is very simple. You know, according to the Kenya Law Reform Commission, anyone seeking to become president must meet this additional requirement. Kenya citizen by birth, eligible to run for the position of an MP, register political party nominee or independent, have at least 2,000 voters from each of the majority counties, you know. So the presidential as well in Kenya 2000 and for this 2002 election are casting it wider in search of their deputies who will pick their run. So and they've all picked their deputies now. But it is a tough race between two people, between Raila and Ruto. What's going to happen? Who's going to win? Who's going to be the next president of Kenya? Is it William Ruto or Raila Odinga? Now, so on August 9, Kenya will vote for the fifth president. It will be the country's seventh general election since the resumption of multi-party democracy 30 years ago. This year, we see the lowest number of presidential candidates on the ballot since 1992. The country independent electoral and boundaries commission have cleared four contenders already to run four you know so those, those, those names i really are aspirant but there are four major contenders that the priority president william ruto who is part of who we're talking about of the kenya kwanza coalition former prime minister Raila odinga of the azimo laumoja coalition law professor joe wajakoya of the roots party and lawyer david wahiliga of the agano party so those are the top 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 guys you know so while ruto and odinga are the front runner Wajakoa and Wahiga are fringe presidential aspirants. Generally, fringe candidates are aspirants with chances of passing a front row are slim, but they can cause havoc. You know, they play a significant role. However, in testing democratic spaces for maturity, they also accrue personal benefits such as grooming for future political careers. You know, and one of the reasons why they matter is that Kenya's 2010 constitution changed the outcome of a presidential candidate after an election under the old constitution. The president had to be a member of parliament. This meant presidential candidates also vie for parliamentary seat, raising the chances of being in government even if you fail to clinch the seat. So, those are those are one of the benefits of being uh, of being a fringe uh, of being a fringe candidate. So now they can also be saboteurs and avengers. Not all fringe uh, not all fringe candidates play a positive role in election. Some have been accused of using their candidacy to split votes. So I'm talking about this guy so that I can know that even though Ruto and uh, Odinga are running head to head, these two guys can cause problems. For instance, in 2007, former Vice President Kalonzo Mosioka, big for the presidency, split the 2.4 million votes in the country's eastern region. At the time, Kenya had just over 40 million votes. So the eastern region is a significant constituency in the election, you know, and I traditionally support Odinga's presidential candidacy. So that naturally affected Odinga at that election in 2007. So when Mosioka stepped out on his own, he ended up with 8.91% of total vote cast for that area. Odinga obtained 44% of the vote against, you know, the victorious Kibaki, which was 46.42%. From if you look at uh, Raila's 44 and Kibaki's 46, if you look at what he lost to Mosioka, if they had added it, 
he probably would have won the election. So another former vice president, Musaili Mudavadi, fell out with Dinga in 2013. I decided to launch his own campaign. Mudavadi presidential campaign split the vote in Western region, which include vote-rich counties like Vihiga, Kamakiga, and Kugoma. Western Kenya is Mudavadi's ethnic base. And Africa, you know, there's a lot of ethnic vote-based uh, voting. So, so he has often supported Odinga, but in 2013 election, however, Kenyatta won with 50.51% of the vote against Odinga, 43.7%. So Madiva came third with just under 4% of the vote. So if you add 4% to Odinga's 43, that's 47, that gets him closer. So clearly, Odinga going to this election has to settle all his past drift, you know, if he wants to be relevant. So he developed and developing democracy. French candidates have a constitutional right to contest since their presence can often be seen, you know, uh, as a sign of maturing democracy. The media and allied uh, cultural constitution need to give them attention. Doesn't matter whether they're going to win it or not, but you need to attend to them. You need to look at what they have to say, you know. So, but then people are saying now that, I mean, what to expect. Number one, what does the president say? We have chosen Raila Odinga. That's something I, I, I read on the African news, and everybody is saying it, that uh, Uru Kenyatta is supporting Raila Odinga. You know, so weeks after party's joint forces ahead of election in August, Kenyatta retreated his support for former rival before a cheering crowd in Nairobi. So it's not hidden. You know, Uru Kenyatta is supporting Raila Odinga. If if proof was still there that Kenyatta and Odinga have definitely buried their head, he came from that, you know, from that speech, you know, that he said it. So it was a surprise tool, you know, and all that. So, yeah, Odinga and Kayata have unsuccessfully tried to introduce sweeping constitutional changes, claiming that the reform will help to end the repeated cycle of violence, which is good. But the reform, properly knows as the Building Bridges Initiative, you know, proposed expanding the executive and parliament to more evenly divide the spoils of victory. But was seen by critics as a way to enable Kenyatta, a two-term president, who cannot run for a third term, to remain in power by establishing the post of prime minister. Prime minister, you know. So I mean, politics comes with a lot of hidden agenda. Now, Williams Ruto, in his own case, is you know, is vice president in this in this government, but he's saying every day that the president is not supporting him. That if not for him, the president will never be president. Some of the things he said in the past, you know, he said. Uh, I made you president. He told President Uru Kenyatta, I made you president. I made you president. I made you president. But it doesn't look like the Western world is tilted towards Ruto. I mean, it does look like they've both been going, coming to the United States. They've both been going to Europe. As I'm talking William Ruto and Raila Odinga. You know, so they've all, they've all, they're all leaning towards their contacts and tentacles. But now, what do I think is going to happen? I think it's going to go to to Odinga. Yeah, I might be wrong. I I'm I'm going to I'm sticking my neck out for this because because of Kenyatta's support. I think I think Kenyatta is not comfortable with Ruto. I think they're going to do everything within their power. I've seen a lot of polls that say Ruto is in the lead, five nine seven percent. But this Africa third world Kenya, those polls don't really mean too much. 
you know what what Odinga has lacked in the past is the support of the government of the day is equally a very popular person and uh, I don't think anybody I think one of the reasons why that the one of the many numerous reasons which is what I want to talk about why, why it might be Odinga is that because of his past and pedigree but when he lost they've been violent this time it's probably his last chance if he doesn't get it they're gonna turn things upside down now Ruto is coming from outside he's not the establishment guy you know Western that's why the Western world like him the youths like him you know but unlike Raila and Uhuru who have, who have a political pedigree Raila of course is Odinga Odinga's son Uhuru is of course is a Kenyatta son so they feel like it's a bad try for them they own Kenya politically so they won't give power to Ruto they think if they give to Ruto they're going to be irrelevant so and uh, despite Whatever issues Raila and Uhuru have had in the past, I think they say it's time for them to come together. You know, the devil you know is better than the elder you don't know. It is our Kenya, Uhuru Nanoja, you know, like they used to say in those days with Uhuru's father, you know. So despite the fact that Odinga's father and Uhuru's father did not get along, they think they have to come together, that Kenya is there. Their father fought for Kenya. Unlike Ruto, who they think is not in the same line with them, even though Kenyatta needed Ruto to win. But then, don't rule out Ruto. I'm not going to write him off entirely. I think he has a very good chance. I mean, if vote counts, why not? It, it will count, but it does look like, I mean, Kenyatta is going all out for Odinga. And that, I think, solves 50% of the problem for, for Odinga. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to Odinga. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible that Ruto wins, but I think from what I see, from my calculation, from my team here, we've all looked at it, we all reached a consensus. That's what I think, and they all agree with me that look, it's going to be Raila Odinga. So the battle so for the soul of Kenya, according to Atlanta discourse, we're giving it to Raila Odinga. It's going to be close. It's going to be a lot of violence. Then there's going to be after mad violence, even after the election. You can take that to the bank. We've analyzed that much already. So we're going to call it a wrap. The battle for the soul of Kenya will be Kenya's next president. We'll stick with Raila Odinga. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your loyalty always. This is still Atlantic Discourse. I remain your host and anchor, your moderator, your boy, your homie, your very good friend. Have a fantastic weekend ahead. God bless you all. Peace out. Bye.